Bang! What's up, y'all? I'm Nick, a senior writer over here at Sports Pack 12, and this is going to be our mailbag question segment. So I'll be answering the questions you sent in here in a podcast format, and if you'd like a written response, send them over to fellow senior writer and Dane Miller. And so in all seriousness, I have a lot of fun answering these questions. They take my research and my thinking all over the conference. And one point I want to reiterate is I'm just like you. I'm a Pac-12 fan, so in all seriousness, we're one and the same. We may cheer for different schools, but hey, we're all Pac-12 fans in the end. We're very similar. So from down south to the Arizona schools, to up north to the Washington schools, to east out in Utah and Colorado, we got Oregon and Cali in between. And in our entirety, we make up the Pac-12 conference. And even though we compete against each other during the year, let's come together for this podcast and have a heck of a lot of fun. So without further ado, let's get to today's question. And thanks for tuning in as always. Snoop Doggy, da wow wow wow. Snoop Doggy, da wow. Bow wow wow yippee yo yippee yay bow wow yippee yo yippee yay. All right, guys, I think I should hold my phone so I start like dancing. So that part little got a little bit faded in, faded out. Maybe I should hold my phone so not dance and sing. All right, guys, mailbag question is. <laughs> What a fun transition. Happy Tuesday, y'all. Mailbag question is in from Toby in Bremerton, Washington. And he asked, based on the leak matchups, which team got the better deal in adding an extra conference football game? Nice little simple reread. Question from Toby, Bremerton, Washington. And he asked, based on the leaked matchups, which team got the better deal in adding an extra conference football game? So, There could be a couple of reasonable answers to this question, but for me, USC stands above the rest. And to add a little link to this answer, so it's not only like a quick little two minutes, we may may push five minutes, but you know, I'm actually going to throw in the caveat of which team benefited from losing non-conference games as well. But today we're going to start with the actual answer to your question, Toby. That's probably why, you know, you asked the question. So starting with it here. As usual, I'm going to break down three simple reasons and maybe a fourth point as to why I chose USC, but we're going to have three concrete reasons and again, maybe a fourth point. We'll see where my talking takes us today. So first off, we're going to look at the talent level and this is a good road test against a respectable opponent, at least over the last couple of years, but it's still a game that the Trojans should handle fairly easily. Top to bottom, USC is more talent, and that disparity alone should really, really be enough to give WCU trouble. And if you're just looking at it, you know, a lot of people may be like, well, WCU has been pretty good over the last couple of years. Yes, they have, and we'll hop into another kind of aspect here in the second reason. But if you're just looking at sheer talent and players alone in terms of athleticism and elite recruiting, it's not even close, guys. Let's not, this is USC versus WSU. Come guys. Come on, cut, cut the malarkey. Cut the freaking malarkey. <laughs> so if you're looking at it too and say like, is Nick just making this up? No, just look at the recruiting over the last couple of years. So yes, USC is really just odd class in 2020 sitting at 10th in the Pac-12. But in 2019, they had the third best class in conference and 19th in the nation. And hopping back a little bit further in 2018 and 2017, both those years they finished with the best class in the pac 
and fourth nationally. In comparison, over that same four-year time span, the Cougs have not had a class ranked better than ninth in conference. So you have one team here that's not had a recruiting class better than ninth in conference, and one team that had two (laughs) fourth nationally ranked classes. I think that's a pretty sizable indicator on the difference of talent level here. So I do agree. I'm a big believer that team football can actually overcome kind of high recruited players. But with that being said, there are some other things to consider here. And yes, WCU has had some not, some phenomenal seasons as of late, but this will kind of be a weird smoothish transition to point number two. I'll let you be the judge. I like the word weird smoothish though. We should hyphen that peeps. Weird smoothish. Dictionary by words by Bartlett, baby. <laughs> like that. So Hopping into point number two here, though, I'm going to get a tiny bit serious for a second. WCU is a new quarterback, head coach, and offensive system with no spring ball. And Nick Rolovich's new system, the run and shoot, is heavily predicated on the unspoken connection between receivers and and, uh, their quarterback. So without spring ball, this connection is going to be very difficult to establish. And what I mean by the essentially high-level communication between the two is that essentially when wideouts run a route in this scheme... They could really be doing like seven, we'll say reasonably six to seven different things, upwards of 10 different routes, all predicated on what the defensive back is doing. So for quarterbacks and wideouts to be on the same page, this type of offense does take a lot of time. And with literally no spring ball, there's no way WCU system's going to flourish the way it could have. And USC, with the talent alone, should just really, really shine because of the lack of spring ball. The spring ball kind of brings things a little bit closer for all teams, not just WCU, but all teams in the Pac-12, and especially the teams with maybe a little bit less talent, I'm thinking like Arizona or UCLA, teams like that, WCU included, obviously. It's like they could really compete at the highest level. This is is still Pac-12 football, but without that extra time, uh, I mean, talent and athleticism does start to show then. And this is where USC really, really should take advantage, specifically in this matchup. You can teach a lot of things in spring ball. You cannot teach what Amon Ross St. Brown had and Tyler Vaughn, excuse me, Amon Ross St. Brown. And again, this is just, you can't teach that. What those two receivers have is absolutely phenomenal, amazing, speed, and <laughs> good luck WCU stopping those guys. I think that USC really got a nice benefit in this matchup. And obviously, Keaton Slovis should eat up that terrible WCU defense. So a lot of things working here, but specifically for point number two, the athleticism of USC should really, really shine through. And especially because of the lack of ling ball, ling ball, <laughs> the lack of a spring ball. And WSU, again, with their run and shoot system, really should struggle. Looking at the third reason, guys, it's WSU versus USC. Do I really need to say more? In 2008, <laughs> let, let, me, let me slow this down here. In 2008, WSU lost to USC 69 to zero. 69 to zero. And I think the Trojans were probably holding back. <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> wow. So seriously, third reason guys, uh, that's simple. It is WSU versus USC. Like look at the name of the two schools. There's your answer. And I, I told you, Toby, this could have been done in under two minutes. That could have been the answer right there. But for love for myself, for love for all of y'all, for love for the people, for love for Pac-12 Nation, we're going to add a little bit here. So, bonus point. Yeah, bonus point. Bonus point, baby. So, wow. I'm having a lot of fun with this podcast today, guys. 
Thanks for tuning in. You guys always come through with great questions. I appreciate the fans, you know. Sporting may be coming back, but you guys kept me flowing throughout all of this. So, three points have been covered. Let's get to the bonus point. USC missed out on Alabama and Notre Dame in the non-conference. Told you to bring the non-conference schedule into it. So, I just really think that the combination of canceling non-conference games and the added matchup down in Pullman really, really, really should help USC and maybe save Clay Elton's job, honestly. This really benefits us. I mean, those are two potential losses in Alabama and Notre Dame. Uh, New Mexico is also on their non-conference schedule. I mean, if they couldn't win that game, I mean, yeah, I mean, forget about it. Fire Clay Elton, you know what I'm saying? But again, that's three essentially added win losses, however you want to view it, with essentially I'm going to cancel out losses at Alabama and Notre Dame and then a victory against WSU. This whole kind of new schedule layout really benefits the Trojans. So in conclusion today, Toby, we're going to break it down. We've had a lot of freaking fun on this podcast, but let's actually get you the three simple points essentially here to answer your question. One, USC gets a respectable road game that they should win comfortably. Again, heading down to the Palouse and Pullman, I don't see them struggling at all. Should be able to shine and eat up that really terrible defense. Two, lack of spring ball really hurts the Cougs and really helps the Trojans. I think it could allow their athleticism to shine, especially against a lesser talented opponent, like I said, like Arizona, UCLA, or in, or in this instance, WSU. And the third and funnest point, guys, is WSU versus USC. Take away the last five years, and this is historically a bliggity freaking blowout. And guys, the all-time series stands at 59-10. to 10. Yeah. On that note, sometimes numbers do not lie. I'm out. Thanks for the question, Toby. And seriously, guys, thanks for listening as always. Have a great Tuesday. Stay happy, stay humble, and have a lot of fun. One love, y'all.